Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to Christmas at Bethesda. Anybody excited to be here today? I am so glad that you're here. Uh, We are starting our Christmas at Bethesda series and with a series entitled God With Us. Before uh, I dive into the Word of God today, though, I want to take just a moment to honor one of our staff members who has been on a long journey uh, to uh, receive his ordination. It takes a lot of study, a lot of time, a lot of commitment, a lot of serving, The scripture talks about uh, qualifying that call and making sure that the calling and election is sure. And so today, our student pastor is now an ordained minister, Pastor Jeremiah Bostic. Would you guys just give him some love and some honor today? Come on. We love you. Love you, Bishop. Love you. Appreciate you, man. Let's get a quick pen. Awesome. We love you, Pastor Jay. Come on, give it up for him one more time. So proud of him. We've watched him grow up and and become the man of God that we know uh, God has called him to be. And you can just see God's hand on his life. And uh, the best is yet to come for Pastor Jeremiah. So today, as we dive into the Word of God, uh, when I think about Christmas, I can't help but to think about the birth of Christ. That's what it's all about. That's what uh, became the game changer, if you will, is that Jesus put on flesh and he came and he dwelled among us and we beheld his glory. And so I want to call this series God With Us, but for today's uh, message specifically, I want to deal with God with us in the valley. God with us in the valley. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 23, very familiar portion of Scripture. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, as followers of Christ, it is easy to believe that God is with us when things are good, when life is good. Whenever you're on the mountaintop, it's easy to believe that God is with you. It's easy to believe God is with us when we get the raise we wanted. It's easy to believe that God is with us when we find that perfect parking place at the mall, especially in this season. It's easy to believe God is with us when our child sleeps through the night for the very first time. It's easy to believe that God is with us when things are good. But what about the times when things are not good, the valley type of seasons, when things are not going our way. We didn't get the raise. Maybe we lost a job. Maybe we're hurting. Maybe we've lost someone this year. We're worried about the future. We're battling depression. We're dealing with fear in our life. See, one of the interesting things so often is that life can be good on a lot of levels. But how many of you understand that life can be bad on one level, 
and good on, a, on, on many other fronts, but life being difficult on that one level has a way of bringing us down and causing us not only to struggle in the area where, where we are in the valley, but that valley can actually cause us to miss out on the good things that God is doing. And, and so many of us find ourselves in, in that place in, in where we have this weight in an area. Aren't you thankful that it's not all areas of your life that's messed up? Aren't you thankful today for the few areas that you can say, I can see God's hand here, or I can see God's hand on that? Uh, you know, there have been seasons of my life, you know, had, had one area not been doing well, I don't know what I would have done with myself because pain and valley experiences has a way of causing us to miss out even on the good things that God is doing. I know for us, our family has been in a valley, and I shared a lot of that on that first Wednesday. It's been a long couple of years, specifically this year, just a valley type of season. And that season was so draining at times, and it still is at times, that it's hard to see the goodness of God in other areas. But, you know, every time I pull up here at Bethesda Church and I see what God is doing in the lives that are being changed and the facility that's going up, it reminds me of the power of vision. How many know that vision creates? And vision creates even in the midst of pain. And so this tension that we all deal with from time to time, having good things and pain, painful things, that tension can be difficult to manage. How is it that I can experience a mountaintop in this area of my life, but I'm in the valley in this area? And you guys have probably been there. Your marriage is doing well, but the kids aren't. Or a lot of your relationships are doing well, but your finances are drying up. And so we, we've all felt this tension. And there's a lot of good things, but there's also some painful things. And when you look at Scripture, the, the interesting thing is that the valley, everybody say the valley. The valley represents several things. See, the valley is the place where battles take place. That's what the valley is. It's, it's a place of battle. And some of you right now, you are battling because you are in the midst of a valley. Valleys are um, also symbolic of desperation. They're symbolic of loneliness, feeling all alone. But valleys, on the other hand, are also a time of growth. How many know that we grow in the valley? We don't like the valley, but we grow in the valley. Nobody signs up for the valley, but God always uses the valley. And so we like mountaintop experiences, but what I have learned is that God is often revealed, not on the mountaintop, he's revealed in the valley. That in the valley is where I get to know God. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you're not taking notes, I want you to write this down. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. The valley is the place that we get to know the character of God. We know him and we enjoy him when things are going well, but we get to know him in a different kind of way in the midst of our valley. So I want to go to the Old Testament book of Psalms, and, and this is a psalm you've read before. 
But if you didn't stop and study it out, you probably missed some powerful truths tucked within these, these few scriptures. So let's go to Psalm 84, starting in verse 5. It says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, talking about strength in God, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Now that's an interesting word. We'll get back to that in just a moment. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. The Valley of Baca. You see that Valley of Baca right there. What is that? The Valley of Baca, Baca was most likely related to a tree. There's a tree that has a very similar spelling. And this tree would ooze out sap. And most people would identify this tree as a weeping tree. It looked like this tree was crying. The, and, and so we have a connection between a weeping tree and the valley of Baca. Now, get this. The valley of Baca is also called the valley of tears, the valley of weeping, and the valley of loss. The psalmist said, I passed through the valley of tears, I passed through the valley of weeping, and I passed through the valley of loss. Anytime you see a valley in the scripture, you see a place that is dangerous. You see a place that there would be thorns, there would be wild animals, probably big cats because that's Satan's favorite animal when you're in the valley. Just kidding, but some of y'all are like, I don't even know what he's talking about now. I don't like cats, but that's just me. Some of you are like, he's not my pastor anymore. <laughs> I love dogs, but I'm not a cat guy. So if my valley, they're going to be a cat, like, hissing. <laughs> we'll pray your cat into heaven. Because all dogs go to heaven. Y'all know that, right? In the valley, there would be people waiting to jump on you. In fact, it was... It was difficult to get through a valley without something bad happening. And so that's what the psalmist is talking about. And I'm going to be very simple today. I want to give you three basic truths today that if you find yourself in a valley, you find yourself in a dry place, these three things should become your blueprint to get from the valley back to a mountaintop. Number one, you have to seek God's strength. Touch your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, if you're in the valley, seek God's strength. See, when we find ourselves in a valley, one of the first thing, things that happen to us is that we run out of strength. We get tired in the valley. We feel wore out in the valley. The valley is a place, again, of desperation and loneliness. It's a place where many times our strength runs on, on a very low level. And so the psalmist said in, that, in Psalm 84, 5, he said, blessed are those whose strength is found in you, God. Now, I know that there may be people here today that you're not a follower of Jesus. First of all, let me say, we are really, really glad that you chose to come worship with us today. If you don't know Jesus, we are so glad that you are here. 
But here's what you have to understand, that if, you, if you're not in relationship with Jesus and you don't know God intimately, that what you have is all you have. That if you're living without Christ, what you have is all you have. But for those of us who are in a relationship with Christ, who know God intimately, we believe that we have a strength that goes beyond what we have. That when I run out, God's strength picks me up. That when I'm out of, of fresh oil and out of anointing and out of strength to turn something around, that at that moment, God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. We believe that when we get to the end of our strength, there is a divine strength that is available to us. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you run out of strength, that the divine strength of God steps in and begins to minister to you, to lift you up above what you're going through. We believe, now listen, I'm, I do not condone laziness. I, I am not saying that we don't do our part. I believe that we have to work with God. And I, I'm not saying that we sit in a spiritual lazy boy and God's going to take care of everything. That's not what I'm teaching. I am teaching that we do everything in our power. We give it 110%. But how many know sometimes your 110% still comes up short and you need God's grace to pick you up so that you can keep moving in the direction God has called you. The way I would illustrate that is that I used to work out. Like with weights. Some of y'all, some of y'all yeah, you need to get back to it. Like long time ago, time of dinosaurs, I used to work out. And we would work out normal, you know, heavy weight, seven to ten reps. But every once in a while, we would do a lightweight, a, a lightweight. And the goal was to completely exhaust the muscle, to wear it out. So we would, we would focus on a weight that would take maybe 25 or 30. I mean, you just keep doing it until you can't get it up. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you can't even lift it anymore. And, and maybe you got to 22 of the 25, and that's kind of, you can't get the weight back up. But the spotter would then step in and help you get those last three so that you could completely wear the muscle down. Now, the good news is that for those of us who are following Jesus today, there is a power that is greater and bigger than any spotter. It is our God who at the end of your strength will step in, and the scripture says that his strength is perfect, and that blessed are those whose strength is found in God. I want to encourage somebody today that feels like you had enough and you can't keep going, that that is the place that you will begin to see the Holy Spirit step in and become that spiritual spotter and start lifting you up and giving you strength when you can't do another rep. Aren't you thankful that when you run out of gas, God is just getting started, somebody? Come on, give God praise if you believe that today. If you're in the middle of a valley right now, you have access to a very real and powerful God who wants to help you who wants to spot you, if you will. This text says, blessed are those whose strength is found in God. The text doesn't say, blessed are those who make it on their own. It doesn't say, 
Blessed are those who pull themselves up by the bootstraps. It doesn't say, blessed are those who are really determined. He said, blessed are those whose strength is found in God. Now this, this goes against culture. Because in our culture, we idolize um, a, a spirit of independence. I don't need God. I don't need anybody. I'm going to be financially independent. I, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't need anybody to step in and help me when I'm struggling. I've got this. And the problem is that we were never created to be independent. We were created to be very dependent on God, and watch this, and on others. God wants us to depend on Him, but He also wants us to depend on one another. That's why Peter says that we, we um, carry one another's burdens, that we come alongside one another and we help one another. We're not created to be independent, but dependent. And so I want to give somebody permission today to just lean into God's strength. To lean in when you've done all that you know how to do. And you've, you've tried everything you know how to try. And you're at the end of your strength. To lean in to God and let Him know that you need His presence. The first thing we do in a valley is we seek God's strength. The second thing we have to do is we have to fix our mind. How many know that the mind is the battleground? The mind is where the battle takes place. Most problems we face could be fixed if we fixed our mind. Because a lot of times it's not what we're facing, it's how we're thinking about what we're facing. Yeah, I'm preaching real good. See, your marriage could heal if you fixed your mind. Some of y'all are like, I don't want to hear that. No, my marriage would heal if she'd get it right. That job would be a whole lot better job if you would fix your mind. The ministry could grow if you would fix your mind. Psalm 84, 5, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. It says this, What joy for those whose strength comes from God who set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. I love this because... We're on a journey. That word pilgrimage speaks of journey. We're, we're going somewhere. And so we may be in a valley, but what the psalmist is talking about is that we're moving to a city of refuge. In the Old Testament, there were strategically placed cities of refuge. And so if you could get to one of these cities, then you were provided with strength, safety, peace, everything that you needed, they were strategically placed so that people could find rest. But many times before you could get to a city of refuge, a place of peace, you had to pass through a valley of tears. And so a lot of us, we are in a valley of tears, but God has a promise of peace for us. And, and, and if we don't fix our mind, and, and please don't take this the wrong way, but if you don't fix your mind, you can get stuck in your valley and, and never make it to the place of peace. And it's not about the problem you're dealing with. It's not about the relationship that's strained. It's not about the things that have gone wrong in your life. We all have things that go wrong. But the question is, have I fixed my mind on God? 
Am I, do I have the proper perspective? I love the imagery that he gives that, that we can get to a place of God's presence and we can get to a place of God's power, but it's often through the valley of tears, the valley of loss. Some of us could arrive at that place a whole lot quicker if we could fix our mind. The Christian faith is a lot about operating by principle. See, in the valley, I can become optimistic or I can become cynical. It's up to me. Instead of becoming critical and cynical, I need to, and y'all, this is tough to do. How many know it's tough to worship in the valley? It's tough to lift your hands when things are not going well. It's tough when you feel that heaviness on your life. But there is only one prescription for a spirit of heaviness, and the Scripture calls it praise. That in the midst of my valley of loss and tears, I will still praise God. See, the one thing you need to know that if you, never, if you don't lose your praise, you will get through that valley. The devil understands that if he can steal your praise, he's going to keep you locked in a valley. See, praise is a powerful thing. He says, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have their minds set. See, what you think about matters. What you think about matters. Everybody say this with, with me. Say, my mind is set. All right, say it again. Say, my mind is set. Blessed are those whose mind is set on God. Do y'all believe that? Now, the problem is, is that we often, as Pastor Joe so eloquently stated last week, we're trying to pray to God while staring at the problem. Nothing changes. When we, when we continue to focus and set our minds on what's wrong, then we stay locked into a place of, of staleness. And that's why when Paul wrote to the churches, he told the Colossian church, he said this, set your mind on things above. Not on things below. Set your mind on things above. He also told the Philippian church, he said this, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy or admirable or lovely, he said, I want you to think about those things. So in the valley, in the valley of loss, tears, and weeping, I have to fix my mind. See, where you are is one thing. But what you think about is something else. Where you are is one thing, but what you think about is something else. Your current situation may be in the valley, but your mind can still be on God. Your finances may be dried up, but your mind can stay fixed on God. You may have received a bad medical report this week, but you can still fix your mind on God. It's a decision. And there may be real tragedies in the valley. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not painful, it doesn't hurt, but I am saying don't allow the enemy to steal your mind in the valley. Don't give him place in the valley. You have to begin to focus on God and fix your mind on him. See, when I can't make it, God's power is very real. He's very close to those who are broken, the scripture says. This writer, he says that we're on a pilgrimage. It means that we are on our way somewhere. We may be in a valley right now, but that's not our destiny. 
You, you've heard the statement before, if you're in hell right now, just keep walking. Some of us, we build a house in hell. And it's quiet. I thought this would encourage some people. Y'all, y'all hard to encourage. You got to keep moving. You got to keep, you got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's why David said this. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God's with me. See, we, we think God's with us on the mountain. And God says, no, I'm with you in the valley. I'm with you while you're hurting, while you're in the midst of pain. And, and we're just passing through. We're not, that's not the destination. Now, as they pass through this valley of Baca, this, this valley of tears, they make it, the writer said, they make it a place of springs. The King James says, they make it a well. So I want you to follow with me. The first thing we do in a valley is we seek God's strength. The second thing we do is we fix our mind. But here's the third thing we, we have to do. We have to dig a well. Everybody say dig a well. That means that you have to clear away. You have to provide or a better term would be, you have to create a place for God's provision. You have to make yourself available for God to move. you got to create some space for God to move in your life. See, when you're hurting, you have to make room for God's presence. And, and you may say, well, pastor, it's not rained yet. Why, why do I need to dig a well? Why, why do I need to make a well? It hasn't rained. Well, you have to understand that God only rains on those who are prepared for the rain. That's not even in my notes. It only rains on people who have made space for the rain. And, and I don't know what that looks like for you, but this is where the rubber meets the road because so often in the valley, watch this, our pride gets in the way. It, it, it's pride. And, and we know God wants to help us. We know this is not our destiny. We know this relationship needs to improve or get better. We know that God wants to take us from where things are to where he has called them to be. But instead of digging out a well, a lot of us dig a grave. And we start burying things that God wanted to resurrect. We start throwing dirt on things that God wanted to intervene on. And so we have to give God an opportunity because here's what God is saying in the midst of your valley. You show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. See, God doesn't respond to need. I've taught this for years, but it's worth saying again. God doesn't respond to need. If God responded to needs, there wouldn't be any needs in the world. God only responds to faith. And Jesus, listen, before I get to Jesus, I want to encourage somebody by saying it like this. If you dig it, God will fill it. If you'll prepare for it, God will show up. See, Jesus believed in this philosophy because in the New Testament, he met a guy who had a withered hand. A with, everybody say a withered hand. All right, this hand didn't work. He couldn't move it. It was withered. It was dead. It had no function, no use, no nothing. And instead of just saying, you're healed, he doesn't do that at all. What does he tell the guy with a withered hand to do? 
provide me a space to move. He says this. He said, stretch out your hand. Show me your faith, and I'll show you my faithfulness. There was another guy who had been sick for 38 years, couldn't walk for 38 years, and Jesus didn't say, you're healed. He said, pick up your mat and walk. Show me your faith, and I'll show you my faithfulness. And I don't know who this will speak to, but somebody needs to hear this. If you dig it, he will fill it. If you plant it, God will grow it. And, and here's the thing. you got to plant some seed before you're going to see any harvest. And the best time to plant seed is while you're in the valley. The best, the best time is while you're in a place of pain and loss and tears and all of that stuff. Go ahead and put some seed in the ground and that dry place. Watch how God will begin to rain on a dry place and cause a harvest to come through in your life. Man, you got to give God something to work with. I got to give God something to work with. Our pride gets in the way and we get into molly grubs. I'm the only one, Lord. I'm the only one hurting. Or we start quoting to God all we've done for Him. How many of God's not impressed with our list of what we've done? We can quote all that stuff we want to, but in the midst of a valley, we have to dig a well. Maybe you're here today and you haven't sensed the presence of God in a long time. I want to encourage you to dig a ditch, dig a well. Give God an opportunity to reign on that area of your life where you're experiencing the most pain. Give God an opportunity. Think about this. Some of us, we really, really need an encounter with Jesus. We've tried it our way. We've tried to figure it out. We've We've done everything we know to do, and we're we're just out of gas, and we need an encounter with God. But I want you to get this. God rarely reveals himself to people who are rushed. He rarely reveals himself to people who are in a hurry. Think about this. Moses driving by the burning bush 75 miles an hour. Oh, that's cool. The bush is burning. That's Instagram story. (laughs) How many know that wasn't the purpose? God said, Moses, take off your shoes. How many know when you go to somebody's house and you take off your shoes, it means you're going to stay a while? So, Moses, I want you to take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. This is going to take us some time. I don't need you to make this an Instagram story real quick and miss the point of what I'm trying to do in your life. I want you to slow down, and I want you to, just for a moment, Moses, I want you to be still. I want you to be still and know that I am God. And you can't do that in a rush. You can't do that in a hurry. It takes time to dig wells. It takes time when the marriage is on the rocks to say, you know what, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to dig a well. I'm going to start doing some things I haven't been doing. I'm going to give God space to work in my life. Because if you dig it, He will fill it. Some of us, it's just time to prepare. 
we have to make some space for God. Because God never promised that you would never go through the valley. He promised you would never go through the valley alone. He is with you right now. God with us. That's what Christmas is. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And I love the way the psalmist ties this together. He says, as we journey through the valley of Baca, we're going to a place of peace. And then he says this, we go from strength to strength. We go from strength to strength. That means when I run out of strength, God gives me more strength. When I'm out of gas, God steps in. And we don't understand the valley, but we praise God anyway. How many know it's hard in the valley? Because in the valley, you don't usually understand. That's why we have to seek his strength, fix our mind, and dig a well. We have to be intentional to praise God anyway. We enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him in the valley. In the valley, his character is revealed to us. We sense his presence in the valley in a way that we can't sense his presence any other way. It's in the valley that, that God reveals just how good he is. So you may feel weak, but I want to tell you God's your strength. You may feel that you're in a place and it's just a dark place. Well, God's going to be your light. Whatever it is, wherever you find yourself, you need to know that God He's not just going to show up on the mountaintop when you're ready to celebrate. God wants to show up in the midst of your valley. God is with us. That doesn't mean he's only with me when everything's working out. He's with me when sometimes it feels as if nothing's working out. God is with us. Let me say this as the worship team comes back. The same God that is good on the mountaintop is good to us in the valley. You can't equate God's goodness to just the mountaintops. Some of y'all would have lost your mind had it not been for God in the valley. Some of us would have quit had God not showed up in the valley. We would have thrown in the towel had God not met us in the valley. See, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. Emmanuel, Christmas, God with us. And it doesn't matter how far you feel from God. Look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. See, there may be pockets of my life that are really good. But there may also be a pocket of your life. If you're being really honest, it's just bad. You don't sense God moving in, in that area. And it's, it's caused your perspective of even the good things. It's, it's brought your perspective down. It's, it's, how many of that one area that, that is dry and barren can affect all the good areas? And, and you may be there today where you could say, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed here and I'm blessed here, but pastor, this, this one place in my life, it's just not good. 
It's, it's, it's been bad for a while, and I don't know what to do about it. And I just want us to, by faith today, because God responds to faith. If you would say that you have an area of your life that has been a valley of pain, loss, tears, weeping, what we've been talking about. You know, we're not saying every part of your life's bad, but there is a part of your life that's bad. It's a valley, it's hard, it's difficult. Would you just raise your hand by faith? Hands all over the room. I want you to stand right here. I'm going to do it a little different as we end. Would Would you raise that hand back up and then raise your other hand? See how that goes from I'm in a valley to I'm going to worship. I'm struggling, but I'm going to worship. So I'm just going to pray over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see every person every struggle. God, I can relate to where people are today and as my family has walked through one of the most difficult seasons of our life. But God, you have become our strength. When we run out, you step in. When we've tried everything we know to do and we come up short, that's when the Holy Spirit begins to move. So Father, we are committing our valley to you. We are committing our pain to you. We will worship in the midst of our struggle. We will honor you, God. We will praise anyway. We're going to seek your strength, God. We're going to fix our mind. And God, right now, we're, we're digging a well. We're going to make a place for you to pour out your spirit, a place for you to resurrect things. Instead of digging a grave in the valley, we're going to dig a well. That our greatest source of pain will become our greatest source of power. God, we know that you resurrect things. You turn things around. You speak to dead things and call them to life. And God, we believe that when our strength runs out, that we have a strength a powerful strength, a divine strength, God, that will quicken us. And so, God, I speak to every area of pain, every, every place of loss, every, everyone that's discouraged. And, God, I pray that you release miracles in this Christmas season. God, that Christmas is about the miracle that God is with us. And, God, I pray that you would release your miracles over your people today. God, that this would be a season of accelerated favor and blessing. God, things that we thought were dead will be resurrected in Jesus' name. Relationships that are struggling, God, will be healed in Jesus' name. And God, I just take this moment to speak to anxiety, depression, and fear. You have to go in the name of Jesus. You have no place here that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And God, we receive, when we run out of strength, we receive your strength today, God. We receive all that you have. God, while we're in the midst of this valley, we praise you anyway. And we say in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Can you give God a praise today? Come on, he's with us in the valley. He's with us in the valley. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. If you're in this place or watching online and 
you're in a valley, but you don't know Jesus. You're not in relationship with him. If you're without Christ, all you have is all you have. But Jesus can become your divine strength. Scripture says that we just have to simply admit where we are, believe that he came and died for us, and then confess him as our Lord and Savior. So if you're in this place and you need Jesus to save you, this is your opportunity. You could receive the best Christmas gift you've ever received. And it's what Christmas is all about. So if that's you and you need Jesus today, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, I need Jesus today. Anyone at all, you say, I need Jesus today. I need to be saved. I need his grace in my life. Anyone at all, thank you for this hand. God bless you. Thanks for this hand. God bless you. Awesome. Another one. God bless you. Awesome. We want to pray with you. We're so excited for you. I posted on social media right before I came out here. This morning in prayer, I was reminded of the day that I got saved. And I still remember the weight that was lifted off my life. And I still remember the purpose that was realized in that moment. That the God who owns it all, the scripture says that he holds the world in the span of his hand between his thumb and his pinky. God holds this world. And I still remember what that night felt like. That God would call a boy from the middle of nowhere in a small town of West Virginia and call him out of a holler and not only save him, but call him to preach. And I remember that moment so vividly and, and I was also reminded of those who served and kept showing up who were, who were faithful to make sure that that little boy would encounter Jesus. And, and I, I just prayed to God and said, God, help us to serve faithfully so that we can pave the way for those three hands that went up so that they can also encounter Jesus. Dream Team, I say, this moment is why we do what we do. It's this moment. We are, listen, we're, we're paving the way so that somebody can encounter Jesus. So I want every voice lifted together. Come on, let's pray together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe that you came, that you died, that you rose again, and you did it all for me. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God the best hand you have all day. If you need prayer, don't leave without it. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.